Well, it's so good to see all of you here this morning, and well, it's almost here. For some of you, we're reaching that fever pitch of getting ready for that big day. Some of you are thinking about all the cooking you have before you this coming week, and I know Preston's worried about that, and and also... Uh, some of you are thinking about all the in-laws that are coming in and, and the joy and the presence that they will bring and, you know, all of that. And then some of you have been watching that Christmas tree, haven't you? Have you noticed over the last few days that maybe more gifts are appearing under the tree? And you're looking and some of you maybe have even gone when no one is looking and picked one and shook it. Just to see, and especially if it had your name on it. And you looked at the size of it, and you felt it, and, you know, getting the weight. And, and, uh, and don't forget to look in the corner. Sometimes they hide them in the corner. But, you know, Christmas is right upon us. But the gifts we give are usually expressions of love, aren't they? That's what we try to make our Christmas gifts in the sense to, to express love. There's an attempt to show someone that we care about them. And we want to give a physical expression and a gift to them. Our gift is a display of love. But you know, as we think about that, we give gifts. Why do we give gifts? We sometimes feel like, well, you know, they've given me one. I, 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 I got to give them one. Or why do we give gifts? Because we feel like, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. But, you know, a lot of times I think we give gifts because of love and we give gifts because we, we cherish that special moment. But what is... The perfect gift for Christmas. What is the perfect gift? Now, if I asked a five-year-old, I'm sure if Mr. Preston asked this fine group of young people that he had just a moment ago, what the perfect gift for them, I'm sure he had heard a lot of different choices, right? There is no telling what they would have told him. Now, what about you? What is that perfect gift if you could get that perfect gift, some of you say, two weeks away from everybody, that would be the perfect gift. What would be that perfect gift? You know, a lot of times we think about that. But, you know, this morning, I just want to use, and, and, and I had someone this morning, they said, I looked at the bulletin or I looked at the thing, and it said, you were preaching from John three sixteen. I said, that's right. And they said, well, that's not Christmas. I said, think about it. To me, John 3.16 is Christmas. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Think about it. The perfect gift God gave this world is John 3.16. The perfect gift. But you know, a lot of times, have you ever got a gift 
honestly, you wouldn't say it out loud, but you opened this gift and you didn't know what it was. You looked at it like, what am I supposed to, what is this? What am I supposed to do with it? Of course, you're not going to say it out loud, but you're looking at it. You might even, after you open it, you're shaking it. like, And then somebody comes, oh, and they open and show you what it does, and you're, you're amazed. You're like, oh, man, that's just what I wanted. But when you looked at it, like, you didn't have a clue. He ever got a gift that you looked at it and, well, you ever, you ever have this happen to you? You know, some of you get a little, you know, when you're shaking those gifts, you know, when no one's looking, and sometimes you shake them really hard and, and, and you shake off the name tag. And then you notice these name tags on the ground. You go, oh, and so you stick them, and you stick them on the wrong gift. That's what happens to Preston sometimes. You know, when he, when he got that curling iron one year, he realized that that was not his gift. That was Ellie's gift, you know. So, you know, getting the wrong gift, you kind of look at it and kind of, I think somebody's made a mistake, right? Where's my gift? This morning, I want us to think about God's gift. I want us to think about God's gift. And God's gift is a gift of love. And as we think of that, it is a giving love. God gives love. It's a generous love. It's a grace love. It's a a gift love. Now, Santa Claus does what? He, what's what's his little phrase? I'm checking it. Help me out. Making a list, checking it twice, find out who's naughty and nice. Okay, so if you're naughty, what do you get? Coal. Okay, you get coal. All right? I didn't know this, but Home Depot sells coal. But now, another thing. Okay. Does Jesus, when Jesus came to this world, did he make a list who's naughty and nice? And only gave his love to those that were nice? Nope. Santa Claus does that, but not our God. Our God gives the gift of love, and he gives it freely, and he gives it generously, and he gives it freely with no strings attached. It is a gift. It is free. It is undeserved. It's unsolicited. Sometimes we don't even look for it, but God has given that gift of love for you and for me. Now, how do you measure God's love? I know a lot of times for Christmas, we measure, well, they got all the big presents. You know, we get upset if they got big presents and we got little presents. But sometimes, sometimes we learn as we get older, not all time, we learn that sometimes some great things can happen in little boxes. But what about measuring God's love? One of the things about God's love is to measure God's love is by what he is giving us. What is he giving us in his love? And then think about Secondly, to those he gives the gift to. So what does he give us? You say, well, I got the love of God. Well, what 
is that? The dimension of the love of God, I believe, as a human being, is something that is very difficult for us to fully grasp. Now, do we have anybody who kind of an expert on diamonds? I was waiting to see all the ladies' hands go up. But uh, uh, what, is, what do you look for in a diamond? Oh, we got quiet. How much am I going to get when I return it? Oh, how much are you going to get when you return it? Now, should it, is it the sparkle value that gets you on a diamond? The cut. The cut. What does that mean? Is it supposed to cut what? I know what you're saying. The cut, the princess cut, or the whatever, okay? You know, some people, they, when it comes to diamonds, they know their diamonds. The clarity of the diamond, okay? All those things, the dimension of the diamond, all that. Some people, they know their diamonds, they know if it's the, you know, that, that false stuff, you know, that, that stuff. They know that. Well, what about the dimension of the love of God? What can the love of God do? When we stop and we think about the love of God, when we experience and realize who Jesus is, Jesus is the Son of God, and Jesus, I mean, Jesus came to this world, but God sent Jesus to this world. Now, was everybody excited when Jesus came? Even in that day, those, there were those who despised the coming of the Messiah. They didn't want the Messiah. There were religious leaders who didn't want the Messiah. There were the political, the, the political side that didn't want the Messiah. Common folk didn't want the Messiah. They did not want to experience the Messiah because they could not understand they didn't realize what God was giving them. And I believe today, even in our world today, we forget about the love of God and what God is doing and how God has given us the perfect gift, but we have in our minds have put things there or we have allowed outsiders to put things in our mind to say, I don't want that, I don't need that, I'd rather control my own life. And where is that getting us? I want you to, to realize something with me this morning. When we come to the love of God, there are more dimensions to the love of God than we can ever found. The depth of the love of God is deeper than we can ever go. And the power of the love of God is stronger than anything we have experienced. And so this morning, as we think about that, the gift that God has given us expresses that vastness and that unmeasured element and that boundless free love of God. I believe on our time here on earth, we get to experience some of that, but I believe there is so much more. The dimension that God loves you. He loves you. He was born in a stable. He lived a life in obscurity. Many would say he died in shame. He rised in victory, arose in victory, and now he's reigning in glory. But this love, 
that we have. A love that was sent by God to us because God knew we would need that. Now to whom it was given. Think about that. For God so loved the world that he gave. To whom? The world. Even back then, in that world, there were some who, we don't need that. Even in our world today, people are saying, we do not need the Messiah. There are people today that are trying to put the thought in in your mind that you do not need the Messiah. But God knew that this world needed to experience the love of the Messiah. The love of Jesus Christ. Now... The world, this world, I believe God knew that in this world, they would be those who would reject him. And sometimes when we think of that, we think of that numerical concept of this world, or we think of the ethical concept or the moral concept, but we need to see that God knew that they would be those that would reject him. But he also knew that many would accept him. Who's in charge? I know a lot of times we say, well, I'm in charge. But we have seen over through history what that does. Jesus came in a world of darkness. darkness, And I believe we are in a world that is going darker and darker by the day. What do we need? I believe we need that perfect gift that comes from God. We need Jesus Christ. We need to allow him to show us the dimensions of the love of God, what God can do. Isn't it amazing every time you see a newborn child? Isn't that a miracle in itself? When you see a child who has struggled in school, Maybe it was speech. Maybe it was a physical ailment. And and you see them able to achieve those things that they've been working so hard on. Or you see a child experience love. Someone loves them and they, they love them back. Again, it shows a light that this world desperately needs. That's what it says in John 3 and following. It talks about how a light has come into this world. And there are those in this world that are trying to to just hush it out, trying to put the basket over it. But we need to allow that light. And every time we celebrate Christmas, to me, we need to celebrate the light of Jesus Christ. You know, there are people who say, well, you know, preacher, I don't read the Christmas story anymore because, you know, I heard it once. (laughs) Guys, we need to read the Christmas story aloud. We need to share it with people. We need to read Luke chapter 2. We need to teach our children what it means. Because on Christmas, we are celebrating the love of God. And also, that love was too. Also, God sent that love to the unlovely. In other words, those that... Yeah, he knew that there'd be those that were unlovely, but he sent it because he knew that's what they needed. Remember, any of y'all raise your hand? Any any of y'all ever have castor oil? Say it for me, castor oil. Castor oil. 
Preston, you ever have that? Nope. Nope. Okay, just checking. And what did your parents say? I'm giving this to you if you need it or not. And you're thinking, I'd rather not. <laughs> but they knew this was going on, that going on, and they held it, and it went in. Guys, I know this sounds funny, but our world is in bad shape. And our world, we, our world needs Jesus. We need a dose, don't we? And for some, it's like pictures of the dog, but it needs to get in. His love is so staggering. This world is such a bad place, but yet he loves it enough that Jesus went to Calvary and died for our sins. He died so that we could live. And sometimes, you know, like, like our parents did, need it or not, they gave it to us because they said, this is what you need. Guys, we need Jesus. I know this world is telling you that we don't. I know that there's been legislation trying to legislate Jesus out of business. They were doing that when he was born. But I want you to know that this gift we have in Jesus Christ is a precious gift. It's a costly gift, and it's a gift that will keep on giving. I'm not talking about the batteries. I'm talking about something that could change your life. Because the good news of Christmas is accepting God's gift and sharing it with other people during the, during the year, letting people know that Jesus has touched you, that Jesus has changed you, that Jesus has given you what you need. He is the reason for the season. We need to allow Jesus be part of our Christmas. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the gift of Christmas. Jesus, our perfect Savior, we pray, Lord, that you, Lord, that how you have demonstrated your love to us through this world, demonstrated how as you were born, how you walked this earth, how you went to the temples, how you learned, how you learned to trade, how you shared, even though people were hostile at times against you. Lord, you came. You sacrificed. But Lord, we all have benefited from that, and may we see the dimensions of your Love And Lord, may we rejoice in a way that we would want to proclaim the name of Jesus and everything that we can do. And Lord, thank you. Because we can honestly say we have received the perfect gift. Lord, we thank you in your son's name. Amen.